As we heard in the gospel, Jesus walked everywhere he went, and you and I, we don't walk. We pretty much drive or take other modes of transportation. But there are times in our lives when we had to take a walk. It ever happened to you in your life that your parents said, you need to come down here, I need to talk to you? Do you ever take a walk to the principal's office? You know what I'm talking about? My wife and I honeymooned in Florida, and we were at Gatorland Zoo, and there was a path that led through the swamp, and the sign said, please stay on the path, those who walk off the path will be eaten. Ever taken walks like that? I went to the Grand Canyon as a younger person, and I remember walking to see the grandeur of it and said, please be careful, your next step might be your last. <laughs> paths we walk on. Can I ask you what are some of the more joyous paths and walks of your life? Maybe getting a diploma? Maybe you yourself walking down this aisle to be married? Or maybe you stood there and walked someone down for you to marry? There's those difficult walks in our life. You know what I'm talking about. When you had to walk to the funeral home or walk to a certain room in a hospital. Our lives are defined by the paths we take and the walks we have to make. So I'd like to ask you, if you could have changed the path that you walked on earlier in life, what would it have been? What path might, what road might you have taken that might have been different? Or maybe make a different decision? Or a path or road that you walked on that you regret? And likewise, if you rejoice in the path that you walked, what is that path? Something you're glad that you did. Some, a journey that you took that you were really glad that you did. Robert Frost, in a popular and touching poem, talks of roads. He writes this, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in the wood, and I took the path less traveled, and that has made all the difference. Maybe to go and venture out to something I never did, to take a path that nobody walks. For you and I, Jesus tells us that there's two roads. Now, the road less traveled is the road of that of a life of a believer and many times sacrifice and pain. The popular road is the road of the world with easy living, things that are nice and popular and self-absorbing. But Jesus warns of two roads. Now, the Hebrew writer speaks of faith as walking a narrow path. I'll read this to you. Do you hear the voice the language of walking in paths. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. For us believers, we have walked the path. Did you catch the language? Come to Mount Zion. We have come to where angels are and we're called the firstborn. Well, that doesn't make sense. I'm not the firstborn, are you? I'm actually the secondborn. I have an older sister. I might be the firstborn male. But in the Bible, the firstborn means the most important. Hence, Esau was born before Jacob, but Jacob is yet called the firstborn. He is more important. For us believers, we walk the path of heaven. For us believers, there are times that that narrow road, the road is difficult, painful, and treacherous to walk the path of faith. Have you been there? There's persecution inside and outside of the church. Maybe we're blamed, marginalized, and maligned. Maybe I go to work and I put in my full time and I'm not willing to cheat others 
I sort of become unpopular. Maybe even in the Christian church, I have a different view than others, and I'm not treated quite fairly. Maybe we've been persecuted for those things that we stand for. We're maligned and blamed and marginalized in our American society if someone believes that Jesus is the only way. Have you walked that road? Do you know what I'm referring to? And there's a suffering for that for doing what is right. Sometimes we suffer even inside our family when we want to do what is right, good, and just. And sometimes life itself, the cross that we bear, puts us on a difficult path and road. There is suffering. It's a price. It's physical. My stomach aches. There's high blood pressure. I'm under stress. There's emotional and personal and sometimes financial burden. I don't get the extra hours. I don't get the bonus. I get treated differently. Have you ever walked that road and that path of pain and injustice? Have you ever been on that road and path? I'm certain that all of us have been on paths of pain and suffering. So I'd like to talk to you about that today. The high road, the narrow road, the path less traveled, that's the path of Jesus, and Jesus' path is always the best. And we sometimes ask ourselves, why? Why all this pain? Why all this sorrow? And this is what Jesus says. First of all, we're being like who? Say it. Our Lord. We walk that path of hurt and pain, isolation, loneliness, even persecution. We are becoming more like our Lord. Are you familiar with the hymn, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus? We sing that occasionally here. I hear some head shaking. I'd like to say the other verses with you, just the title. Let us ever walk with Jesus. Let us also die with Jesus. Let us also rise with Jesus. And then another verse says, let us also suffer with Jesus. Because when we walk that road, we walk the same road that our suffering Lord walked, and we become more like our Lord. When we walk, so let me read this. Can we all read this with me? Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Notice, as odd as it sounds, I'll pick it up with Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, Jesus walked his path with even joy. It's not talking about happiness. He knew what he had to do and what had to be done for others. So when we walk those difficult paths, we walk it knowing there's a blessed end. Why else do we walk those difficult paths? We're joining the roster of the faithful. Let me review to those, those Old Testament people of faith who walked a difficult path. Do you remember Abel? Remember what happened to him? Who was his murderous brother? What's his name? Yeah, he walked a difficult path. He was a godly steward. He knows what persecution's like. Then there's Enoch, who lived in difficult time. And we sing, may we walk in the paths, follow in the way that Enoch trod. Do you remember Noah? Noah had to build the what? He was persecuted and mocked for over 20 years. He built an ark in the desert. He is despised by people. He walked that path. And what about Abraham? How old was Abraham? He was 100 years old when him and Sarah gave birth to who? Their own son. What's his name? Isaac. 
and he had to walk the path of even sacrificing Isaac to show his faith. Then Rahab, the prostitute who became faithful, she had to walk a difficult path, the Gentile. When you and I walk that path, we become like our Lord, and we become like those other witnesses in faith. Can you read this with me? It speaks of them. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. God planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. We, too, walk the path in faith realizing heaven. What else is sometimes we have to walk the painful, narrow road? We are being disciplined by our Heavenly Father, and being disciplined produces righteousness and peace. Now we all know this. Any parent who doesn't discipline their children or their child really doesn't what? Say it. If you do not discipline your children, and a child who's not disciplined is a child who is not loved. I had a coach who once told us, the day I stop yelling at you is a day that you know I don't care for you. Right? People who love us want the best for us. People who love us discipline us and they correct us. Can you read this with me, please? Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all had human fathers that disciplined us and how we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the of our spirits and live? Now, friends in Christ, there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Notice God doesn't punish us. Punishment is about pain and revenge. I want you to hurt. Discipline is about love. Discipline is I want to correct you that you might do things better because I love you and I love your well-being. Punishment's about pain. Notice our Heavenly Father does what for us? Disciplines us. Now, someone said, did I do something wrong for God to discipline me? Maybe, but he's not punishing you. Maybe he's directing you in a more holy way. Maybe he's maturing you. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong. It's just a path that we've been put on that we might grow and mature. Why do we walk the difficult path? To be more like Jesus, more like those who went before us, and we're being disciplined by our Lord. When I think of discipline, I think about Highland Park. Now, I grew up in Euclid, Ohio, and Euclid is right on the shores of Lake Erie. And if you're familiar with the geography at all, there's like a mile of plains, and then you start getting to the hills of Appalachia. Actually, the hills of Appalachia start in eastern Cleveland. And my cross-country training about once or twice a week was this regiment. Jog three miles from Euclid High School to Highland Park Hill, okay? Then Highland Park Hill, there's two hills. There is new Highland Park Hill that was a four-lane highway that went up half a mile. And our workout would be Run up it five times. Run up it, jog down, catch your breath. Run up it, jog down, catch you know what I'm talking about. Five times. That's New Highland Park Hill training. Now, at the top of Highland Park Hill, it was a clear September, October day. You could see the shores of Canada. Seriously. There's the shores of Canada. You could see across there. That tells you the height. That was New Highland Park training. 
Another day was the old Highland Park training, and that was the old road that closed down in the early 1950s. That had the same elevation, ready for this, but it was only a quarter of a mile long. Now, for you math buffs out there, how many times did we have to run that? How many? Say it. Ten. Five half miles or ten quarters? Now, you can guess which one we preferred. There was a guy in the Marines who like graduated two or three years before us. He went to Marine basic training, came back and ran with us. I remember one time we got to the top of the old Highland Park Hill and the Marines said to us, goes, you guys work harder than the Marines. Now that's what he said. But I still remember that. I still remember those days, but they taught me what? Discipline. Don't give up. So even today when I exercise or I have to push through, I think back to those days of discipline. Wasn't fun, but made us a better runner, made us live a different life. Sometimes we walk difficult paths that we're disciplined. We suffer for a purpose, a godly purpose. Why? We're reminded that we're united in Christ's death and resurrection. Just like Everett John will be baptized after this service. When we walk that narrow road, we're being closely united with Christ. We're able to live holy lives and we're able to bless others. A number of people ask me, Pastor, how was the conference in Menor, Ohio this past week? I said, great. Who would you learn about Jeremiah? Jeremiah is one of those flyover books in the Bible. We like reading Genesis. We like Psalms. We like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We like Romans sometimes. We like other books. But Jeremiah is sort of like Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's a flyover book in the Bible. But we learn about Jeremiah. Who is Jeremiah? The suffering servant. He's left to be taken exile to the pagan land of Babylon. The Israelites became idolaters. They too are being marched off into exile. And there, Jeremiah remains faithful in the narrow, lonely path of being faithful to God. But in doing so, in his suffering, he learned how to care all the more for others, became all the more empathetic. If you haven't read this book, take the time to read this book. It's called The Wounded Healer by Henry J. M. Newen. Now, what's the book about? The Wounded Healer is about us who have walked that narrow, that road less traveled, painful road, and in doing so, we can be more empathetic to who? To others. Why do I go through this difficulty? Well, God's going to bring people in your life who need to hear what you've been through. People who've run the Highland Park Hill, who've taken the road less traveled, who walk the hard path, are much more empathetic and caring about others. Person who's walked the wide, flat path, and everything's great with my life, and my life's been plush, many times they are shallow. They can't empathize with others. They don't care with others. They haven't been there. But the wounded healer, the person who's been through suffering, is able able to empathize and to refer and be a blessing to others. Oh, by the way, friends in Christ, who is the greatest wounded healer of all time? Say it. Who? Jesus himself. The wounded healer, much like Jeremiah, much like you and I. And finally, we're being groomed for our path to eternal life. You know this. Read it with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the narrow road, the narrow path, the path less traveled, the Highland Park Hills, then God promises this. Say it. Now what I say to you is going to sound a little odd, but
But Jesus is a stalker. He stalks his children. When we're walking that path of life, he's behind a rock. He's hiding behind a tree. He has his rod and his staff. And sometimes he pushes us back on the what? The straight path. Sometimes he corrects us. Sometimes he makes noises to keep us on the path. Why? For the blessings of this. Read it with me. I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, the paths we walk, our paths. Friends in Christ, the narrow path. The path of Jesus. A blessing for our lives and for others. A blessing for our church and a blessing for our school. To take the road less traveled, the road of Jesus. And... Make every effort to live in peace with everyone, to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And all God's people say...